Welcome into the Invest Well Show. I'm your host, Michael Wall. We're going to talk today about economic consequences from COVID-19. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but there has been a pandemic um, that's been going on in our globe called COVID-19. There's a lot of conversation about validity or not, or, you know, should we get vaccines or not, or all of these things. But what I think a lot of people are missing is the underpinnings and the rumblings that have happened along the way with the diminishing of supply chain and all the other things that we're going to, I think, start to see unravel along the way. And we're going to talk today about some of the economic consequences from COVID-19. This is absolutely going to affect you, so you don't want to miss this show. It's going to affect you personally as you live life, as you go to buy things, as you make money, as you invest, all of those fronts. It's going to, invest, it's going to affect you, so we got to dial in here. I want to take a quick minute, though, before we jump into this segment and talk about this. I want to take a minute and say thank you to the sponsors of the show. Many of you know that in uh, my other life, we have multiple financial companies helping families protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth. So a lot of people out there have questions. What should we do? Maybe they want to get a second opinion on their wealth. Maybe they're worried about taxes. Head over to leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. You can learn more there. We got great information there, a great team there set up and designed to help you with whatever your needs may be. Now, I want to talk about the economic consequences here with COVID-19 because I know for a long time, the conversation that we've been seeing, at least here in America, now if you're listening to this in other countries, some of the conversations that you're having might be a little bit different. But here in America, some of the things that we're seeing are like, hey, are we going to get rid of masks? Are we going to just live our normal life? Are the kids going to go back to school, have a normal summer? All these things. Thankfully, here in Florida, which is where we live, and the show that we're producing here is in Florida as well, uh, we've been kind of pretty much normal for a long time, thankfully to wonderful leadership through Governor DeSantis and uh, our CFO, Jimmy Petronas, and several other folks along the way, representatives, et cetera. But the question is, what kind of you know, economic consequences, right? You know, like shrapnel, it's shot out and people get you get it here, there and everywhere. And it wasn't necessarily the original intention, so to speak. I think we're going to see a lot of that consequences from COVID-19. So let's talk about a few on this show. And then we're going to talk about some ways that we can deal with them. So if we take a look at the S&P, I want to bring up the S&P right now. And we're going to have a chart brought up on the screen there. You'll be able to see if you're if you're watching on show, you'll see the chart of the S&P where the, the market has essentially the S&P now. Right, we're talking about the Dow, the S&P, the Nasdaq. So I'm talking specifically about the S&P. It's pretty much bounced at a potential new floor or ceiling, I should say, a potential new ceiling of right around 4,100. That's a key metric to be watching and what's happening here. And we're seeing this now as you know, economies are opening up and um, states are opening up, and we see all these things kind of happening. But one of the things that's occurring while things are opening up and people are cutting, getting back to normal a little bit is employers are having a major challenge finding employees. Nobody wants to work <laughs> because they've been in a place where they've been at home. The government's given them more money. You know, Biden has extended the additional $300 stimulus per month stimulus on top of uh, uh, unemployment until September. So it's put employers in a place where it's very challenging to find employees. Now, on the onset, somebody that doesn't care about living their purpose and living life and adding value to the society and everything else like that might be like, you know, you might look at that and say, well, gee, what's wrong with that? I'm making more money now than when I worked. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good thing for me. Well, the first thing that we need to understand is that money that you're receiving 
is coming from future taxes. So that's that's an accountability number one. If you're receiving monies um, on unemployment and things like that, in a lot of ways, that's coming from taxation of other people. Number two, it's not going to last forever because it can't. And number three, businesses need employees. And what's happening is, is businesses are in a place where they're not able to operate. They're not able to produce the goods and services that they needed to produce. In fact, there's an article here from Bloomberg, Bloomberg talking about the world uh, is suddenly running low on everything. We're seeing this. The supply chains are super low. Now, if you remember the old law of supply and demand, you'll remember that the higher the supply and the lower the demand, right, the the price is really not as high. But if, if we're in a place where the demand is super high and the supply is low, the price for things actually goes way up. And so what we're starting to see now, you're seeing this in building, as an example. Down here in Florida, there's a big building boom. There's, there's houses and condos and, and buildings going up all over the place. And I know that that's not just happening here. That's happening in other parts of the country. Uh, one of the reasons that that's happening is uh, quite honestly, is because interest rates are still at all-time lows. But, you know, when we take a look at that, the cost for building a property has gone up 30 to 40% from what it was a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Part of the reason is because there's so much demand for building. But another reason is, is because it's just taking longer to get supplies. Maybe you've started to see that as you've started to order things online or you've started to order certain products. I know I've seen that here personally in our office where we were ordering desks and other things. We moved into a new office space uh, September of 2020. And, you know, what's crazy, it literally took us almost six months. Think about that for a minute. It took us almost six months to fully furnish the office because we were waiting on products to be delivered and, and supplies that are coming uh, in and, and, and so, so the supply, ch supply chain has got massively interrupted. Uh, we saw, you know, crazy things going on with gasoline just the other week and all of these other things that are happening. So these are serious problems that are affecting our economy. Now, what are some of the, you know, attributes or after effects of, of, of low supply chain? Well, what starts to happen is, is people get fearful because they're saying, oh, my goodness, I can't get this. I can't get this. I can't get this. I can't get this. You know, and they start to enter and operate in a little bit of a fear mode. We know, we've seen it through COVID as people just drink down what the media tells them. We see what happens that, that people do, how they respond when they're just drinking down whatever the media says. Well, they get fearful and they, they respond and they react in ways that may not necessarily be thought through. They're reacting and responding in ways that they're just like, ah, what are we going to do? Everything, world's... I can't get this, I can't get that, I can't go, I can't, you know, it's a big, big problem. And think about it this way. So let's say you go to your favorite restaurant and you're, 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 it's a place that you've gone to for years and years and years and you just love the food, you love the ambiance and you love this restaurant. Well, now you go to this place and the person that owns the restaurant is struggling to find workers. So you go and what would normally take you an hour, let's say, to have a meal now takes you an hour and a half or an hour and 40 minutes. Your, your actual wait time to get the food instead of it being 20 to 25 minutes ends up being 40 minutes or 45 minutes. 
So the question that I have for you is, what is the likelihood that you're going to go back? You might say, well, geez, I love that restaurant, but oh my goodness. I mean, it took double the time to get the food. It's, it's, it wasn't as good. The service wasn't that great and whatever. And all of this is an attribute of people not wanting to go to work because they can stay home and they can make more money through stimulus and through uh, unemployment checks and things like that. Now, some states, like the state of Florida, and I'm thankful for this, and I know Biden has come out and said this as well. Quite honestly, DeSantis is the one that started to lead this, so don't forget that. But he basically said, hey, listen, uh, we're going to be shutting off unemployment, right, for those of you that have an opportunity to get a job. So if you worked for a business that is looking for an employee and you worked for them and you don't want to go back to work, well, you're going to lose your unemployment. You're going to have to go back to work. That's a good thing. But it's going to take a little bit of time for that to get there. And so we're going to be in a place where, you know, there's going to be a little um, uh, void in the pipe. Think about it like this. So let's say you came home and you love chocolate chip cookies and you had four kids. Just so happens I have four kids. <laughs> you come home and you love chocolate chip cookies. And let's say there's 20 cookies and there's four kids. And each one of those kids has multiple cookies. And by the time you get there, you get one. And you're like, man, I kind of really wanted three. I wanted three cookies. Where are my cookies at, right? But now all of a sudden there's no cookies left. So what do you have to do? You got to wait until the cookies are made. Well, there's going to be a little bit of a lag time until you get to eat some fresh baked warm. Don't you love warm when you just break them off and those chocolate chips just kind of melt as you pull them apart? I know I love it that way. I'm like, ooh. I, sometimes if I eat stale, uh, not stale, but you know, older chocolate chip cookies, I'm going to put them in the microwave. Maddie knows what I'm talking about. She's sitting over here thinking, shaking her head thinking, yeah, I like, I like warm chocolate chip. I do too. Okay. But let's say you come home and there's one left and you want more and there's no more because your kids ate them all because <laughs> they were staying at home, because they were being supported by you. Not kidding, okay? But now that they're, they're eating all the cookies, there's none left, and you're like, ah, why get no cookies? You're going to have to wait for those cookies to be made. Now, I know this is a simple, silly example, but it really plays out very true in the real world. When we're in a place where businesses, in a real sense, have been shut down, supply chains, in a real sense, have been shut down, you know, and just because you may live in a state that is now open, not every state in America has opened full-blown at the same capacity at the same time. And so what's happened is, you know, the supply chains have been in a place where they have been drastically uh, hurt. This is a serious problem. And the reason it's a serious problem is it's going to affect companies having the ability to get the product that they need, that they need so they can sell to the consumer that wants to buy it, that may have the money because they got stimulus or they got some other things. They have the money that they want to spend. They've been cooped up. They want to go spend their money. But these employee, the employers with these companies don't have the product to offer it and ship it. And so when the, the employers don't have the product to ship it, you know what that does? That affects the company's bottom line. That affects the company's ability to make profit. That affects the company's ability to create revenue. That affects the, the company's ability to sell product. And ultimately, that affects the company's numbers. So when you start to look at, especially if these companies are a publicly traded company, 
And you say, okay, what is the number one focus of a publicly traded company? Well, it needs to create a distribution or profit quarterly somehow, some way for shareholders. So if that's the reality and people are in a place where they got these companies that they can't get the supplies that they need to sell product, it affects their overall bottom line. And when it affects their overall bottom line, it affects their uh, ability to actually show profits and they miss quarterly targets, right? Analysts all the time are looking at companies saying, hey, this is our expectation of the level of profits that we think that this company is going to have, you know, next quarter. Well, if you can't get product and you can't sell product, what do you think the chances are that you're going to actually hit your targets for the next quarter of selling a certain amount of product? It's probably slim to none. It's, in fact, it's impossible. And as that starts to happen, then that starts to reverberate on Wall Street, that these companies are not hitting their targets. And as these companies don't hit their targets, then all of a sudden, collectively, that starts to affect markets. So if you actually look at the market in general, we've gone on, uh, on a, a pretty big run-up, right, since basically, we'll call it April of 2020. We've been pretty much kind of on a run-up. And now we're in a place where, you know, we have a lot of things that have changed, What's changed? Well, we got new taxes coming out from, from the new administration. We have businesses that are leery because of the taxes that are coming. We have consumers that can't buy product because companies can't get the supplies that they need. We got companies not being able to hit their quarterly targets. We have a lot of issues that are happening here. We have inflation as of last month, April of 2021. I don't know if you knew this or not, but inflation of last month, April 2021, was at the highest level that it's been since basically 2008. This is a serious problem. And you're seeing it all over. You're seeing the cost of things increase. Look at, what, look at what it's costing you right now for a gallon of gas versus what it cost you even just a year ago. These are major things. And the only way that the current administration is dealing with it is they're saying, well, if you would have just had an electric car, you wouldn't have to deal with this stuff. That's not how you help an economy. That's how you scold children that don't do what you want them to do. But that's not how you, you know, organically thinking through it well, actually help the country navigate well. These are serious things. So what should you do? Well, I think the first thing that you got to do is if you have investments specifically in the market, you need to be rethinking what you're doing right now with your investments. You need to be pulling back. You need to be maybe, in my personal opinion, I think this is a good time to get some powder dry. You remember the old song, know when to hold them and know when to fold them, right? Now is the time, I believe, that we need to take some profits off the table. Now is the time, I believe, that we need to kind of say, okay, let's pull back a little bit. Now, obviously, as people pull back, that's going to cause more and more market challenge because as people sell stocks, Right. That puts down pressure on the overall markets. And that's a situation that causes the markets to potentially be challenged. But the number one focus that you need to be thinking about right now is your future financially. And you need to take steps to do that. So pull back, sell some profits. That's that's the first thing that I would suggest. And again, you got to look deeper into your situation just to make sure that it makes sense. But that's a thought that you might want to explore. The second thing is you got to be thinking about what do you actually need and what do you actually want. So in your life right now, I know there's a lot of things that you own that you probably just want, 
and then there's some things that you actually need. So try and take a look at your life over the course of the next year to two years and say, what do I actually need? And my suggestion would be is to start to prepare in advance, farther in advance for those things. Right. So that way you can prepare yourself instead of finding yourself in a place where, geez, I really need this. And oh, my goodness, I just found out I went to order it now and it's going to take me six months until I can get it for whatever reason. OK, so in other words, start to prepare a little bit more in advance, put some cushion in there in your time frames. So that way, if you get a, um, a response back that it's going to take six months or four months or three months or whatever to get whatever product you're ordering, you're not caught by surprise. That's the th second practical tip that you can do. And, and the third thing I always recommend is, listen, educate yourself. Educate, educate, educate. I believe that knowledge is not power, but the application of knowledge is power, and you can't apply knowledge that you don't have, okay? How in the world can you apply good words, good knowledge, good thoughts if you don't have it? So a great way to do that is by educating yourself. Now, you may not be aware of this, but if you aren't, I'm going to let you know. We're coming out with a curriculum that I'm very excited about. It's called Invest Well, Live Well, Give Well. And it's a simple workbook and video series that is really designed to help you understand <clears throat> excuse me, the basics of investing and understand how to really set yourself up for success when it comes to investing. It's a simple easy to work through series that I know you're going to learn a lot from. It took a long time putting this together, a lot of tweaks and a lot of challenges, a lot of changes, but we finally have come out with it. And I'm excited for that for you and many other folks out there. And how you can find out about that is by heading over to michaeldwall.com. So just head over to my name, Michael D is in David, michaeldwall.com. And there'll be places there where you can learn about the invest well, live well, give wells workbook series. That might be something that you want to go through yourself. That might be something that you want to just get a group of people and do it at your home. Maybe you're a part of a business. Maybe you own a company. You want to take your employees through it. There's many, many ways that you can go through this. This workbook series will probably show up as well, potentially at your church, your local church here soon as well. So, uh, But this is something that you want to do to educate yourself. That's the third thing. you got to educate yourself in this process. Because if you just go through life with the same knowledge that you have, you know, it's like the old definition of insanity, right? Well, what is that? Well, it's doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. It's not going to happen. You have to do things differently. If you want to get different results, you got to do things differently. And so one of the ways from an investment perspective to do things differently is to learn new information. And that's why we brought this out. It's really from a cultivation of almost 20 years of helping higher net worth families build comprehensive, deep plans. It's come from knowledge of commentating nationally on media for six years, CNBC, Fox, Bloomberg. It's come from writing articles in organizations like Forbes and the Wall Street Journal, even our own book, Retire Once, Retire Well, just cultivating this information in a simple workbook so you can go through it. I'm spending some time on this because I really believe that if you make the effort and take the effort to invest in yourself and go through this, you're going to gain a lot of knowledge from it that's going to help you set yourself apart and learn things that you need to learn to really be in a place where you can be hopefully as successful as you like to be 
in life. So those three things, as I landed the plane there, are things you need to be thinking about. But this is a serious time, folks. This isn't a time to just, oh, that was good, Mike. I appreciate that. And let me move on to the next media piece. Or, oh, that was good, Mike. Let me just move on to my life. No, no, no. We need to press pause and step back and say, okay, what should I be doing right now so I can improve my life and I can get better on the journey? The only way we get better is by taking action. The only way we take wise action is when we get good information. So we need to make and take the steps necessary to do that. Hey, I appreciate you dialing in on the show. Again, take a minute and share this with someone that you know. Text message, email, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you live, right? Share it with someone that needs to hear this because we are going to see some serious consequences, I believe, and effects from COVID-19, the after effects of it, and people need to be prepared. As always, my desire is for you to live on purpose so you can live with purpose. Live a life that you're proud of, that you can look back and say, I'm glad I did this and this and this. And it got me down the journey of really being fulfilled and adding value to other people's lives. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next show. Thank you for listening to the Invest Well Show. Please note that this information shared on the show is not investment advisory advice, and it may not be reflective of your personal situation or the needs that you have. If you have questions specific to your financial situation, please make sure that you reach out to an investment advisor directly or a tax attorney or tax coach or CPA to help you with your personal situation. Any additional questions that you may have, please make sure that you seek out a professional to get the guidance needed for your specific situation. Again, all content and information shared on this show is not to be deemed as specific investment advisory advice.